and you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast, where we have a special, very special guest on today, Alex Seppo of Skylum Software. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. Hello and where you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Like I said, we have a very special guest on today. We actually have Alec, Alex Sepsko from uh, New York, but uh, originally from Ukraine in Kiev. Alex, how are you today, buddy? How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thanks so much for having me with you guys. No problem at all. We're delighted to have you on. And I'm joined, as always, my co-host from County Cork, Ireland, Darren Jedi Spoonley. How are you doing? How are you doing? Alex, great to meet you. Looking forward to talking about the amazing product that you guys have actually created. So yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think we got a good bit of feedback too from our listeners already that they're interested to hear what you guys have to say about this awesome product, what it seems, but let's crack on. Sure. So Alex, uh, let's kind of break the ice and just tell me exactly what is Skylon like? I do know it was a Mac fun back in the day and that kind of started out back in, was it 2010, 2011, around that time? So tell us more about the kind of the origin of Skylon. Um, so Skylon itself, um if we're talking about Skylum, but not MacFun, Skylum is twelve is itself is a little bit uh, under two years old, and uh, the reason why we moved from MacFun to Skylum and changed the name is uh, mostly because we figured out that we we uh, we love developing photography products and plugins for the you know Apple ecosystem for Macs and iPhones, but we feel that uh, there there are many people who use so just want to use the photo editing tools in the cloud who will benefit from some of our technologies mm-hmm. and we just felt that the name MacFun was too limiting so we we switched to Skylum uh, changed the structure changed the focus uh, started to do uh, to put more investment towards um, artificial intelligence and machine learning and expanded uh, our reach to different platforms and went beyond went beyond the uh, the Mac platform as itself uh, if you if, if you want you know a, a 30 second elevator pitch then um, Skylum these days is a is a team of about 100 who uh, who don't want to create a Lightroom replacement or Adobe replacement who simply want to have fun creating cool fun uh, tech related to image enhancement and image editing and then uh, allow artists and digital content creators around the world to just use them for their benefit no matter what what their current workflow is so our idea is very simple is we don't force you to change your habits or change your workflow we we focus on uh, building something unique and something interesting um, that will help your photography in general that's that's pretty much it very good that sounds absolutely awesome yeah and you know alex what is photo lemur uh photo lima is uh, is an interesting i'd say now is an interesting legacy product uh, is it was a cool experiment back in the days when we were just uh, starting um uh, our explorations uh, in the, in the field of artificial how to blend artificial intelligence and photo editing 
marketing. So okay. we, we had this idea. Um, so we, we had this insight back back in the days. We had this uh, we had this feedback from customers that even though a lot of people take photos with their cameras and smartphones, uh, a very small percentage, relatively a very small percentage of them actually edit their images because uh, the whole editing process seems uh, either too complex or requires too much of a learning and people get uh, confused when they see all those sliders and have to face uh, you know manual adjustments and so on and so forth so we thought let's give it a try and uh, create a tool that will be smart enough to analyze every single pixel in an image and then automatically enhance it without changing it too much but just uh, just doing the basics adjustments like tweaking the color and contrast and shadows and highlights in the areas where a photographer would usually manually do that but we will sort of allow people to take their photos from raw to enhanced automatically without forcing them to move different sliders and uh, that's how the idea of photolima were born was born but then eventually we've uh, discovered that um, even uh, even beginners, even uh, uh, people who are just starting with photography, they still want some additional, you know, some additional uh, tweaking, and they they need more control over the resulting image. So we we put some of the tech that was initially in PhotoLimer towards Luminar, and then developed it further. To, to build on top of that, but PhotoLima is still is still available, and uh, we mostly offer it to uh, to customers who want this very quickly, uh, to, uh, very quick uh, tweaks. And yes. it's interesting enough that um, about 80% of people who use uh, PhotoLima, who download PhotoLima, use it as a utility rather than a photography software. Very handy. And the, most of them are not even photographers. They just they just yeah. look at the at the tool as a utility, you know, antivirus, or a productivity app or utility app that just allows to do something with their photos when they don't feel like doing anything with their photography. It, it, it is quite handy to have, even if you had all these editing softwares, like Lightroom, uh, Luminar, uh, Aurora HDR. So for someone that had, would have PhotoLumer, or PhotoLemer, it's quite a handy tool just to kind of quick edit, boom, out you go. Correct, correct. And we, you know, we had this. We, we just came back from Japan, and uh, we we are big fans of a company called Mailchimp. So mm-hmm. we thought, you know, we'll create a little tool uh, that will have an animal as part of the name, and that will be uh, helping helping people just do something cool. It's it's not, you know, I'd say it's a very serious software under the hood with a lot of technology yeah. but uh, in but in reality it's very user friendly it's almost like you want to hug and pet it and uh, <laughs> you know i tried i tried i tried to hug lemur once and it didn't really work out that, that no. how, how do you mean evil. it didn't really work out in what way did it not work out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like it, on the photos. It looks very friendly, but then and, and, and the name is is quite no, cute. they're far but from it. In reality, it's not it's not one that you want to you know meet in uh, somewhere. Okay, I, I I was in the same boat as you. They do look cute and cuddly, but and I would have done the same. So thanks for the tip. I won't be ever going near a lemur. <laughs> Don't yeah, hug a lemur. Especially when they're hungry. You know, you do, you want to make sure that when you when you take photos of them, they're like all fed and happy. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right, so right back onto the main stage of things. So you and your team of a hundred people developed this program called Luminar Four. 
we, myself and Darren, have a, a, a quick insight into it. We were kind of given an early copy of it and uh, to play around kind of a debate version. And the two of us were genuinely blown away with what it can do. But can you tell our listeners what can you or what can you get from Luminar Four? What can they expect? Um, that's a, that's a very that's a very great question. And uh, usually when uh, when I get a question like that, I I, I follow up with a question myself, asking okay. asking uh, trying to get to know a, a, a person better. Because usually, uh, you know, when you when you get to the store to a store uh, to a grocery store and they just ask to feed yourself, it, it would be very good for a person to ask you what things what things do you like and what you don't like. So the same the same with Luminar, we've created that uh, we've created it generally speaking we've created it to a person who thinks or who knows that they have an artist inside of them who okay. feel that they're creative and artistic. So in a very broad uh, in a very broad positioning, Luminar is a tool for artists or digital artists who, who like to mess with their photos and uh, experiment and do something fun and creative. And always and also it's a tool for digital content creators who who are who may be opposite to artists who don't really want to mess with sliders and who simply want to make a, f- a photo better and those are like bloggers and social media experts and marketing people and so on and so forth but let's talk about artists in the first place because this is the majority of people who who get the software and the the, the whole idea is that when you get luminar you get three main things uh, number one you get a, a superpower to do complex things faster like we use artificial intelligence to replace the sky in one click or retouch your skin on a portrait, etc., etc., etc. So, so Luminar is for people who want to focus on the result rather than the process. So Luminar allows them to be very efficient with their email editing. That's that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing, equally important, is it, it is for creative people who who have no idea what want to achieve with their image, but they need a variety of different interesting filters and tools to experiment with an image. And then that's why we have uh, tools like Sunrays and Golden Hour and Mystical and Orton Effect and Drama and all, all things like that. So it's, it's you know, film filters and color styles. So it's about a lot of experiments using your creative vision. And we will be adding more and more uh, tools related to uh, you know, spicing up the look of the photo, and Luminar has all the basics, like basic light and color adjustments. But I, the reason I don't want to talk about that is because even Preview uh, on on your Mac has basic color and light adjustments. Uh, so. Um, so, and that's the second thing is about creativity. So Luminar is for people who want to get superpowers to do complex things efficiently and faster. And for people who want to get enough creative tools, interesting new filters to uh, to let their creativity blossom. And the third, uh, and the last but not least, it's about for, it, it's, it's for people who want to enjoy the process of editing. Because like I said, a lot of people take photos with their cameras, but not very many actually sit down and edit or use their iPads iPads to edit. Cool. So we're literally focusing on the user experience and uh, try to make the user interface so intuitive that uh, even a six-year-old or eight-year-old kid, after five minutes of playing with the software, 
can can understand how that works. So you're telling me that I'm a superhero now with a cape? It's yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it I, is I, a great I, I way was, to explain you know, it. To tell you the truth, I was blow. I, I ran. I ran. Um, I gave my eight-year-old kid uh, a luminar to play with, and uh, you know he created a mess uh, from the photo I gave him. But but he figured out how to replace the sky in literally two minutes, wow. and was just keeping replacing skies uh, on the photo. And it's not it doesn't make him an artist or anything. But uh, how many other pieces of software you know where an eight-year-old kid can just uh, sit no. down and play around with sliders and uh, have fun? Well, actually, Alex, that's that's the interesting point, I think, because if you think in regards to how easy it is to replace a sky, as you say, using the program, but it's such a difficult thing to do in reality because you have to know what you're doing and you can do it, but you got to get it absolutely spot on. And what I've seen in using it is that it gets it spot on, but not only does it get it spot on, but it also changes the colour in the foreground to match the colour of the sky. Can you tell people, I suppose, how does it do it? It's like as if it's it's, it's voodoo. It is voodoo magic. Uh, it, it, it's it, you know you know like they uh, as they say it's it's all magic until it get until it gets real, right? Yes. And we, before we before we had uh, electric cars and uh, people flying to space, it all seemed like magic. Uh, I, I, Skylum Skylum has a lot of lunar has a lot of interesting uh, and uh, advanced technologies under the hood it's not again it's not as advanced as uh, uh, you know things uh, that fly into space i mean these hmm. guys are, these guys are just crazy about the technology we are, we are doing what we can in terms of imaging but but there are actually a lot of a lot of cool technologies under the hood the way the way sky replacement works i won't be giving you all sorts of the details because we are of course, yeah. getting the patent pending <laughs> for that yes of but, course but the, but the basic the basic idea on how we approach the all, all, all the neural networks that we that we have that help us to, to achieve that results are pretty similar. There is a massive data set of different images uh, that that help a software identify different objects on the image, and we call it we call it content aware editing. So it all ah. starts with the software understanding not just the foreground and background, but all, and not just the horizon and the sky, but also different objects like trees and houses and faces and so on and so forth, and and then based on the algorithm that's inside of it, 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 it applies a certain change. So when it's, it, it, it's something that not, not many people uh, noticed yet, but uh, something, there's a very important feature that distinguishes ASCII replacement with anything else that uh, whoever else tried. If you, if you try to replace the sky on a photo that has a very beautiful blue cloudy sky, it yeah. won't replace it. And the reason for that, we, we we even thought about calling the feature AI bad sky replacement because <laughs> we want the we want we want we want the technology to solve problems and allow people to actually turn an ordinary photo. And if it's if if the sky is amazing, it, if it has dramatic amazing clouds, why would you change it to something yeah, else? Absolutely. And you can you, even. Even in Luminar, you can do it with layers, and we we allow we allow uh, an artist to go further with layers and masking and everything. But artificial intelligence was trained 
you look at the sky and when it's flat, uh, when it lacks emotion, when it's gray, when it doesn't have details, when it do- when it's missing something, mm-hmm. that you can replace it and have a pixel perfect result. Yeah. But when it's a great scene, why would we tell? Uh, why would we tell an artificial intelligence, a robot, an intelligent algorithm that? The, the whole idea of sky replacement is making an image you know better and more dramatic and more emotional and if you want to, to do something extra like creating a fantasy landscape then eventually we'll get more tools using textures and smart overlays that will allow you to do that but AI sky replacement itself is not just a silly tool to overlay your top part of an image it's actually much smarter than that it's it, it, and as, as I told you, it only works mm. where it thinks it's necessary, where we're told it it's it's necessary. Brilliant, brilliant. So the, not only does it have a sky replacement, it's also got other tools, right? AI portrait tool. It's it's definitely going to be very popular with portrait photographers, and I see it as a direct competitor to uh, programs like Portrait Pro 19 or Photoshop. Was it hard to develop this tool? And you know, talk me a bit about the, the portrait side of things it's it's quite hard i mean the hardest part of it and uh, you know one, one thing that one thing that i'm actually impressed and i'm excited about the vision that uh, about our vision that is powered by you know moving towards more of uh, editing is that no matter you know every when we release it's uh, the feature is not something that will stay the same it's an evolution so every, with every new update we will we will improve a portrait retouching algorithm or a sky replacement algorithm. It's a pure evolution. So right now, uh, we've trained it on about three hundred thousand faces, or different wow. photos, and uh, but we are continuing to to uh, feed the algorithm with more and more faces. Like for example, we feed it with different poses and uh, skin tones and etc. 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 So uh, it 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 was quite like sky replacement is way more complex than skin retouching tools i i'll I'll be purely frank and especially when it comes to uh, masking behind the trees and and some edges and halos that's much more advanced for portrait retouching tools there are some really cool uh, distinguished algorithms to uh, identify faces and uh, eyes and lips etc 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 so so it's it's quite complex uh, but it will get even better because we are now looking at how we can automatically enhance you know several faces or very small faces and eventually maybe even uh, you know pet faces if anyone oh, of our wow. customers sends a feedback that well again it's it's all based on the customer feedback yeah. if we get we have a rule we we have a rule that we call a rule of 5000 and and it's just an internal rule it doesn't it's just our you know internal joke but we say hey if there are 5000 people around the world who tell us they have this issue even if it's the most silly request like i want the you know lips enhancement for my uh, lemur we will start working on that <laughs> but but you know we haven't got the request for yeah, yeah. that in, face enhancements yet but again this is something we can do but uh, you know back to back to it, it it it's a cool it's a cool algorithm it's, yeah. it works uh, quite similar to sky replacement it uh, it identifies objects in our case uh, port faces on an image and then identifies uh, lips and eyebrows and eyes uh, but you know what's what's more important is not even the way it works but where it's it is taking the whole photo editing in general mm-hmm. you've mentioned Photoshop and you've mentioned portraiture and there are some other tools but the, the the thing that we want to avoid is we want to avoid any manual work when in when it when it comes to 
telling the software about the objects that are on the image. Because we really don't want people to point at eyes or lips or nose. The technology is already smart enough to know that. And we literally want artists to focus on giving uh, giving the the look they want rather than on the process of selecting different objects, because we we at this point we spend so much time on uh, selections and masking and layers. And there are some great artists who, who who love and do that, but a lot of people around the world have so many things to do. Then it's it's almost you know egocentric for software companies okay. to steal your time by forcing you to do manual stuff yeah. uh, it just it, it all comes down to saving this valuable time for things that that are more important than making selections canon nikon sony all great batteries but at a great cost extreme batteries from Hanlon are affordable and have increased ultra high capacity extra durability and stream conditions shock absorbing construction and better yet they even come in orange get yours now at hail.ie and if i was a person who already had luminar 3 besides those two features you mentioned above is there anything else that's different in luminar 4 Many, many things, and uh, many more are coming. What's, uh, we will also keep supporting Lumina 3 and uh, update library with IPTC data search and some other things. Um, but uh, there, there, actually, there are many things about Lumina 4 that are new. And the main thing is in the approach itself. Even the user interface is different. And it's different because it's now based... Uh, on the goal okay it's what we call a purpose-based approach rather than the process-based approach so lumina 3 was was all about add new filter and add more filters and create a workspace and more of a traditional approach to image editing while uh, lumina 4 is not about forcing you to mix filters and adding things it's about helping you uh, focus on uh, getting the look you want faster. And the whole user interface is built around uh, helping you to start experimenting with the look and feel of the image as quickly as possible. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of tools, portrait, uh, then we have a cool landscape enhancer filter. Then we have a few filters called mystical and AI structure that, uh, that is similar to clarity, but applies changes a lot. Locally, it doesn't uh, uh, change faces. Oh, very and, good. And um, there will be some really cool, interesting things coming to Lumina in the future. Later in December, we'll have a new version, a uh, free update for current customers with, with uh, some automated, um, uh, you know, vertical and, and uh, horizontal lines fixes and the horizon fixes. So there will be some things, like I said, who that add these superpowers to photographers and allow you to be more efficient with enhancing and fixing these images. And uh, I mean, Lumi I don't, I don't want to call Lumina four an upgrade to Lumina three. It's more of an evolution, a different I user like experience. I like that idea. And we, we had. We had we had quite a lot of customers who uh, you know who look 
at Lumina 4 right now and they're so used to Lumina 3 and uh, the traditional way of editing an image. So they're hesitant of switching to a new user interface uh, because it's so different. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an evolution. It's a change and it will take some time until a lot of people in the world will switch to it. But uh, we, are, we are cautiously optimistic that uh, mo- many people will actually love it. Yeah, yeah. So t- thinking of uh, other programs, right? So Luminar 4, is it a DAM, which is a digital asset management for our listeners that don't know what it is? So a digital asset management is kind of a library, a storage area like, like Lightroom would be. So I just wanted to know, is Luminar 4 a standalone program or is it just a plugin and does it have them? So, um, you know, you mentioned digital asset management. Uh, Luminar, Luminar has a library that allows you to organize and rate and manage images. But in reality... It's a it's a creative tool. It's a photo editor in the first place, yes. which has an option of organizing and managing things. And it's even more a creative editing plugin rather than a library. So the, so we 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 will be adding mostly image editing and enhancing things uh, rather than doing something about the library. And the reason for that is because if you're an experienced photographer. If you are a professional or hardcore hobbyist or even a person who is using photos for Mac, chances are big you've invested so much time, energy, nerves and resources into building that library, be it in Lightroom or Capture One or Photos for Mac or anything, anything else, that it will take a lot of time for you to switch to Luminar library to do that because we feel that we can complete uh, your experience in that other software. We work with Capture One as an external editor. We work with Photos for Mac as, a, as an extension. We work with Lightroom as a plugin. And, uh, you know, we are trying to keep uh, friendship with all these companies, with all these guys, because we really love what they've done. Yeah. But for people, obviously, obviously for people who are not using any software who keep their photos in folders they can use the uh, luminars library as a tool to uh, organize and uh, manage their images uh, but to answer your question it works as a plugin for photoshop and lightroom and okay. the thing that excites me most is that we literally have a number of tools and features that add value to these customers so that that impresses me most it's not like we've just created a library and a plugin that has nothing different from Lightroom or Photoshop, we are actually moving towards adding even more interesting, unique tools that will uh, bring value to to photographers, no matter what what is their default software is. So you mentioned there actually, which is interesting about photographers from the general picture, you know, so you've got your hobbyist photographer, your photographer who takes photos on their cell phone you got the pro photographer which has all the gear and such like that and as people evolve and learn how to take photos they also evolve and learn how to edit photos but now by the use of luminar and what luminar can do it can enhance or speed up their editing skills would you think or would you say that it's kind of kind of a form of cheating and getting how they need to get there faster 
but do they learn how they get there along the way? Uh, it's 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 very interesting. Um, it's a very interesting question because I did I did a little research on um, uh, film photographers um, from early days because I wanted to see whether every film photographer or famous film photographers who who took analog photos whether they tried to change the reality that was captured on the image or whether they simply developed the image the way uh, to look the way they captured and I've noticed that a number of photographers back in the days they tried to play with different uh, developing techniques to actually make the photo look different on a developed file from the photo that they captured on the film so they were were, were they cheating were they manipulating reality were they doing something with that that's 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 a question i think that luminar as i mentioned the, the way i see luminar is a tool that can allow you to be very creative and artistic and uh, some some people may think it's uh, cheating something uh, it's a manipulation of reality some think it's it just an added fantasy uh, to the photo mm, absolutely for, as i mentioned uh, the value of luminar for people who want to be more, very efficient and save time is in these superpowers that allow you to quickly enhance photos and edit them better and faster but uh, our core audience are the people who just want you know to sit down relax breathe out and move different sliders to uh, to give their photos different interesting looks and feels yes. and uh, add a glow effect or sun rays or just play with colors and it's almost like they're doing this digital art rather than just yeah. enhancing basic things it's about the creativity in the first place yeah so tell me about this so uh, talking about creativity and uh getting really in depth with the program do you need to be like a master or a pro at editing or can like just a normal guy who just came off the street who just bought a camera two weeks ago use luminar 4 uh like can a beginner use it really or do you have to be a master um, no, you, you, well, you don't have to be a master. That's the key thing. I mean, you you can the, the whole beauty, even from the first version of Luminar, the way we were building it is that you are as an artist, you evolve together with the product. So if you want quick fixes and quick edits, you use Luminar Looks. If you feel like you want to take it further, you use some of the filters and move sliders and get the result you want. If you want to take it further, you use layers and masking and selections and so on and so forth. Okay. It all depends on how much time and energy you want to contribute into the Luminar. Most of the people who purchase Luminar right now, uh, about 70% are just you know, crazy wild creatives <laughs> who just want to create something cool and something interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it just they go too far and they get comments like this is overprocessed, this is not real, this is all fake. And then some other people just use Luminar for basic color adjustments and uh, shadows and highlights. It's uh, again, it's it's just a tool. It's like you get a knife. And then the way you cut your vegetables is up to you. And whatever you make from the food that you cut with that knife is up to you. It's it's all in the hands of the artist. I like that analogy. So whatever, you get the knife and you cut the, the vegetables whatever way you wish. I think that's very clever. As long, well as, you don't, as long as you don't use that knife to hurt people, you know, oh. that's a tool uh, for good. Whatever you do. He's actually getting that. <laughs> Alex, I noticed uh, I use Lightroom myself, I suppose, from 
pretty much 99.99% of my photos that I edit. And one of the tools that I always use is I go straight down and click on lens profile correction. But I don't see that in that in Luminar 4. Is that in the final release or is that something that's coming in future updates? Uh, so lens correction, uh, lens lens correction is coming, and there will be Great. some other adjustments uh, related. So we we will be adding some things which are we we call them like a core functionality that a lot of Lightroom users are used to. There are some things that we'll continue to add. We we don't made them as prime features. We launched them in the you know upcoming updates, but yes. that's you know that's part of a plan. Um, and but at the same time, if we uh, just like you said, you know, you have the tool in Lightroom, and yes. there is no reason for us to have a sa same tool uh, for you to, you know, you won't be buying Lumina for tools that exist in Lightroom. So in yes. our case, uh, we will be adding it because there will be people who are just starting with the photography or switching from other software to Lumina. We will will add them, but yes. we are more interested in. Uh, uh, giving putting Luminar in the hands of artists like yourself, who have mm -hmm. who have used the software, and we are really interested in giving you additional value, rather than just bringing you a clone of Lightroom, which doesn't mm -hmm. really make sense. Awesome. No, you're absolutely right. Awesome, Alex. Tell me this. All this sounds absolutely lovely and beautiful, and sounds like the best editing program in the world. So tell me more. How much is this going to cost the general public? Last time I looked at the website, which was yesterday, yeah. it was uh, a around $70 for a license. For okay. uh, you, you don't have any, you don't pay any subscription. Uh, you, you pay and you own it. Uh, our goal is to... Um, uh, our goal is to move eventually to a, a two-year uh, development cycle, meaning that every two years we'll launch a major paid upgrade for the software with some cool new features. And then uh, one or two times per quarter, we'll be launching free updates with new technologies uh, to customers, which will be free. So when you when the customer purchases a license right now, they'll get it, it free updates every quarter or more often for at least the next uh, two years. And then the program will continue to work further. It won't go anywhere and will continue supported with maintenance updates. But the new features will uh, be going to that paid upgrade, which comes in uh, in about two years. Excellent stuff. So I like this podcast has been recorded on the. 20th of November and it's going to release on Friday okay so at the moment you can get Luminar 4 and inspirational looks which is kind of a, a some presets and stuff like that it's going to be 89 euros so yeah is it, whether the price changes until now until Friday we don't know uh, only your, but your you know what we, you know what you know what we can you know and I, again I, I I probably I'm not, I'm not supposed to say that because <laughs> As a <laughs> as a person who is supposed to grow the business, not tell people <laughs> to wait. <laughs> but as as Black Friday coming, you know, everyone knows that the, every yeah. company launches something interesting for the Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and there there'll definitely be an offer for a current Luminar three customers for Black Friday, and then definitely something for new users as well, which will have a slight discount plus some bonuses. So what what I would I would do. And 
uh, really hope you guys uh, don't have uh, that massive of an audience to d- 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 simply drop all our sales for the day when, when people will hear it. Because if I see zero of sales, I'll know that I made the to uh, I suggest that when people hear that, they'll download the trial and play with the software and yeah. the trial is free and then wait until December, uh, until November 22nd, 24th, somewhere in, in there when there will be a special Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal, okay. which will probably be more more attractive in terms of of the price itself. So depending on what people want, the, 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 the special offer is coming for Black Friday. I still think that $80 is a decent price for Sky Replacement and Portrait Study and some other tools that we give. So it's, you know, it's, it's, up, to, it's up to the artists. Alex, I have something, I suppose, which, you know, I've spoken on the podcast before about my disdain at subscription services, because I find that you pay more, but okay, you pay less, but you pay more. But when you talk about the price of the product there and what you get for it, it's not just a sky replacement product. It's a phenomenally powerful standalone product as well, which has some really, really valuable tools within that. And I think for somebody to go and spend $89 and even if you wait until Black Friday sales and you get a discount from that with extras it's phenomenal value considering it's going to be two years down the line I mean I'm due now at the moment to pay my subscription to a, uh, Adobe and I always do it in the end of November start of December but it always seems to get under my wick that I'm paying so much more over the years granted I'm getting the updates but does that mean when you look at the pricing that your product is coming in at when you're going to be updating down the line, it's not going to be the same cost as what you paid for day one. It's going to be better value for the person that's purchasing it, and they get a lot more tools. True. And you know what's interesting? What most of us don't notice that that still exists uh, when you... Uh, so Adobe Plan is great, uh, and you, as the subscription itself is great when you're using it on regular basis and you use it for your work or whatever. You get you get the value all the time. But what uh, what photographer a lot of photographers who who are not working photographers or who hobby, who are hobbyists or yes. beginner, what they don't notice is that when they buy a subscription or when they buy another software that is you know that can cost any any type of money most of them invest so much more in additional education and video and learning tools and stuff like that then the cost of the software itself gets you know way way bigger the idea of luminar is 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 almost like you pay that amount of money and then 10 minutes uh, after using it you are just experimenting and you don't have to buy extra videos and learning you know tutorials and uh, go to workshops and do all sorts of things and invest more money into actually learning the software because it's so intuitive and so easy to use so usually the software that is more complex it comes with an additional price tag that you pay for additional education um, and for many people it's way more than you know hundred dollars or hundred twenty dollars per year it's mm-hmm. way more than that mm-hmm. Today's episode is sponsored by BG Landscape Tours. Bernard leads photo tours and workshops north as far as Lofoten Islands, Senje, Faroe Islands, Iceland, Scotland and as far south to the Italian Dolomites, Tenerife, Namibia and Botswana and not forgetting our own beautiful homeland of Ireland. Find out more at www.bglandscapetours.ie 
excellent. Um, come here, Alex. I, I, was, I was very curious that, like, I know your kind of brother company or whatever, your, your other team, you have Aurora HDR as part of one of your packages. It's like the Max Edition thing. And I do know that Trey Ratcliffe was part of the team, whether he's still on it or not. But, uh, it, like, do you still have him involved in Aurora HDR? Uh, well, Trey, Trey is a big friend of uh, Skylum and uh, my personal friend. I, you know, I, I wish I I could saw him more often than than I do. But he travels a lot and he's a busy businessman. Yes, he he is still involved with Aurora. Uh, we don't put put that much effort into Aurora development at, at this moment, mostly because uh, the product itself is so complete that we don't know what, what else to add to it rather than fixing <laughs> yes. bugs Good and uh, doing some performance improvements. So we will be ad- we will be launching uh, new versions of Aurora, which will focus on performance and stability. But when it comes to uh, merging and creating an HDI image and merging brackets, uh, there's just, just enough tools in Aurora to make it a complete product. That's but Trace is definitely part of it. Uh, Trey is also helping us uh, pr- to promote Luminar using Fukizato for, for photography. He is definitely on board, and uh, you know it's just it's just a pleasure to have people like Trey uh, with them. They they don't just inspire us, but they also teach us about so many things. This is this is really really cool. Cool, cool. So if we were uh, to ask you very 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 nicely, could you put in a word for us with Trey to maybe come on as a special guest sometime? I can I can I can definitely do that. Uh, let me let me put it uh, in a note. I know he just came back from his Africa trip. Yeah. He's planning his 2020 schedule. I I just invited him to come to Ukraine to speak in front of some cool. of our developers recently. But uh, you know I'll I'll do that immediately and I'll introduce you to him uh, right after the show. And Thanks, then you brilliant. Can take it from there. Sure. Brilliant. That'd be great. Alex, um, in regards to the whole software itself, I noticed that it's available as a plugin for Photoshop and for Lightroom, and also it's as a standalone product. So if I use it as a plugin, am I limited in some of the features that I can do, or is there more features as it a better user interface on standalone? So you won't get access to library, obviously. Okay. okay. Right, because you have a library in Lightroom, and then you will be doing... Um, one by one edits in in Photoshop. Um, it it works as a smart object for Photoshop. So in terms of non-destructive editing, mm-hmm. um, you you don't lose anything. Great. One thing that I really like about Luminar, which won't be available for you if you're using it as a plugin, is that uh, batch editing in terms of like syncing adjustments. So what you can currently do in in Luminar, you edit a port one portrait. And then you can sync these edits across hundreds of images, mm-hmm. and the software will automatically analyze the head pose, eyes, teeth, anything. You don't have to do any masking, and you can you can synchronize those edits across all your images, even very different images. So obviously, if you're using it as a plugin, you won't be able to do that. Uh, so so if you're editing ev- images from a travel or event or some studio shots or different portraits. It's probably better to use it as a standalone for the efficiency, but then if you just edit it one by one or use it as an additional editor for your Lightroom experience, all the core features, all the all the all the key tools will be there. Brilliant. 
that sounds absolutely in- incredible, I suppose, in what you can do from a standalone product and also, as you say, in the integration between the two. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting, I think, for our listeners and people worldwide to be able to get to utilise the product. It's It's gone, it's launching when, what date? Yeah, yeah, we launched it, we launched it um, on Monday. Two days ago, yeah. Two okay. Days ago. We launched it on Monday and, uh, and it's unbelievable. Uh, we, you know, we as a company that we have uh, you know we are a global company and uh, looking at all sorts of different markets but it just with Lumina 4 we are spending more time with analyzing you know trends uh, of Asian photography special photographers especially in Japan and we were very oh. hesitant also or like not not hes- hesitant is the wrong word but we are very cautious about launching it to a lot of Japanese photographers because in in Japan the, the world photography itself means something like capturing reality or something like yeah, that I get so they are yes. very cautious they're very cautious about changing anything and it's Excellent. just but but it, it's unbelievable how many re- reviews and and, and cool and great feedback we got even from sky replacement feature from Japanese photographers so it's <laughs> Yeah, you know, since 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 the day before yesterday, since we launched the software, I keep looking uh, on Twitter because Twitter is the biggest social network in Japan, and I keep looking at all those Japanese tweets with people doing absolutely fantastic things uh, using Luminar, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, we had so many tweets in Japanese in two days, way more than we had, you know, for the whole history wow. of Skylum in general. That's but it's wow. so fun! It's so fun to use. It's so fun to use. We had this amazing review from a Japanese photographer who couldn't stop laughing. He was literally just <laughs> applying sky sky overlays and doing things, and he was genuinely like just laughing so hard from what it could do. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't understand the word, but I just kept laughing because it, because he was laughing so hard. <laughs> you don't you don't need to translate laughing. In no, no, no. I learned that statement from the Hangover Tree. I think that. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Alex thank you very very much for your time you've been an absolute gent and I wish you and your team of Skyloom Software the very best of luck and the, the most succession that I hope you can get so thank you very much buddy I really really do appreciate you coming on uh, thanks guys it was a pleasure it was uh, literally a great time spending with you thank you <laughs> I think he dropped his phone did you <laughs> No, 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 I'm still here. All right, on hers a thump. I thought you dropped thump on the ground. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm still here. I'm okay. It was, it was great to chat with you, Alex. Thanks for the fantastic insights into the product. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing now what people can create from you know the amazing tools that are within it and you know again i hope our listeners as well will really enjoy the content you've given and keep an eye out for the discounts that are coming soon and if you need any irish faces for your ai just give me a shout i'll pass it on to you it's all good buddy you bet you bet bet. there's nothing there's nothing to be face you look fantastic but he was talking about that cheers So a big massive thanks to Alex and Lalila from the Luminar team for uh, interviewing on the Irish Photography Podcast and they have been so gracious to give us a special code Irish Photography, all one word, for $10 off the purchase price of Luminar. And we'll talk to you next week, guys. Thanks, guys. Ayo. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, 
keeps shooting.